Welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. This is episode number 31, in which we've played Rise of the Robots. Best game. Uh, <laughs> definitely the best game. By far the best uh, game ever released. <laughs> I think it, it's only trumped by uh, E.T. for the Atari VCS. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I'm Martijn, Tijn on the forums, and you heard him already. It's our trusty co-host Florian that's with us. Hello. Hello. And also joining us is uh, Richard. Hello. Hey, who has been on the show uh, many times. We stopped counting. Yeah, you keep asking me about for some reason. <laughs> I've not quite figured out why yet. <laughs> Well, it's it's mostly because you actually post on the forums, Richard. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and you also seem to have a lot of the games that we're playing, uh, even in nice big boxes. So yeah, yeah, I do like my big boxes. Yeah. So that's actually very cool. Yeah, um, like I said, Rise of the Robots. So I I guess we'll just have to uh, get on with it. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> Dive right into what what is this game? This game was suggested by DOS Game Club member Evil Tewton. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, actually. Teuton? Yeah, that's that's how I would pronounce it, but I'm German, so I don't yeah, know anything about English pronunciation. I think he's German as well. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, he was on the show once. It was the uh, Transarctica episode, which is uh, also a game that he suggested. And I did invite him for this one, but he didn't respond, so I don't know. Maybe he's on holiday or has a different email address. I don't know. But uh, I wasn't able to reach him. Feeling feeling guilty, I think. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps it was all a trick to get us to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that Richard is on the show because I actually, I invited you for the, for the last episode, which was on Blackthorn, which is a game that you uh, suggested. But then you said, well, actually... I have a lot more to say about Rise of the Robots than I have on Blackthorn. So, well, uh, we'll find out. Do, do, do you have to say good things about the game? <laughs> um, well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, who uh, has anyone played this game before? Have you, uh, Florian? Uh, no, certainly not. And I'm not even sure I played it this time. <laughs> mm. Well, you did start it, I think. Yeah, I started it a few times, but I cannot say yeah. I actually played it. Right. Had you heard of it back in the 90s? 
Uh, back in the 90s, certainly not. Maybe in the 2000s. I guess I saw the, um, hmm. the box art a few times and thought, hey, that looks like a cool game. Hmm. It definitely does. Yeah. It looks cool, doesn't it? It's, yeah, big robots fighting. What's not to like? Yeah. And um, I, I think I played um, One Must Fall 2097 a few times. Right. And maybe I, I confused the two yeah. uh, over, the, over the years. I don't know. Yeah, that's very but, possible. Yeah. I think they're both from 1994, actually. Yeah. So oh, I I didn't check for um one must fall, but yeah. Yeah, I think the the these these years 1993, 1994, they were very big years for uh, for these type of fighting games. Uh, other games like uh, Mortal Kombat also came out around this time, and uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, it was about the so, time Street Fighter Two yeah. was massive on the Super Nintendo, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, there were loads of fighting games coming out. And uh, yeah, One Must Fall is also from that time and Rise of the Robots is as well. So I can I can completely understand that they have become sort of one game in your mind. But they're not the same game, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> no, we'll definitely talk more about it. They're worlds this. apart. Yeah. Um, have you played it back in the day, uh, Richard? Yeah, I bought this one when I was a student. I got suckered in by <gasps> a, a magazine review game. I think PC's own gave it something like 88%. Really now? <laughs> yeah, with all these fantastic-looking screenshots. So I went out and bought it, and oh, I, 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 I think I returned it the next day. <laughs> really? Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's... I, I told them it wouldn't work or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you, still own, you still own the box now? Did you buy it again, or...? No, well, if you collect big boxes, it's one of these ones you sort of, people sort of give it you whether you want it or not, if you get a sort of pile of them. <laughs> that's good, yeah. So, yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. Right, well, that's good at least. Wow, I, I, the PC Zone people, do you think they have actually played it? Because you can't have played this game and then recommend it. No. I mean, that's just weird. It's sad. There was an awful lot of hype before it came out. Mm-hmm. There's quite quite a few. I think Edge magazine here in the UK. I think they might they might have done a whole series of like the development. Yeah, I think a lot of these magazines might have been too embarrassed by how it turned out to actually give it the review it deserved. Right. All, all they were being paid off, but mm, possibly. Yeah, that's the thing. This game was really um, there was a. How long do you think people were building the hype before this? Because I think it was actually also delayed. I'm not completely sure what the development of this game looked like, but I remember people saying like, "Oh, this game is going to be amazing." I read some Dutch magazines at the time, and I, I remember several issues where they were hyping up this game and saying it's going to be amazing, and the. The artificial intelligence, especially, like the yeah. the computer player skill was going to be amazing and better. Than, yeah. yeah, yeah. there was all this stuff about how it adapted to how mm-hmm. you played and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, Which it sort of does. And then none of that was actually apparent, was it? <laughs> well, it, it does actually adapt to how you play, sort of. If you keep doing the same move, I think it sort of stops working and you have to swap to another one and then swap back again. Right. Or something like that. Right, yeah. Well, um, I also played it back in the day, but I don't think I went out and bought it because I was only 10 years old or something like that. And I don't, well, I didn't have the money to really buy games. I think it was on one of those uh, collection CDs with game rips, you know, one of those uh, wares uh, pirated things. So I just played it off that. 
And I didn't really realize at first how bad it actually was. I, I thought I was bad at it. I thought <laughs> it was just me because I had played Mortal Kombat before and I quite liked that one. So I was really into that. And I thought, oh, this is just like that, but then with robots. And then I wondered, why, why can't I get <laughs> beyond the first few characters? What's up with this? And uh, I think I just dropped it and then moved on to other games and didn't really think much about it. But uh, yeah, replaying it now reveals quite a lot of issues with this game, uh, to mm-hmm. say the least. So I think, yeah, I think the majority of this uh, discussion will be about how this game is terrible and, and what doesn't work. Maybe, 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 we, maybe we can keep the podcast a lot shorter if we talk about what works. Well, Definitely. Better finish it now, I think. <laughs> the game looks good. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking maybe we should introduce it a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe, sure. <laughs> maybe people haven't uh, heard of this game or haven't played this game. So, yeah, what's, what's Rise of the Robots? So it's it's basically a fighting game where you have two characters on screen that fight each other. Um, you do attacks of different kinds. You you punch, you kick, you you block, you jump, and you try to get your opponent's energy down to zero, and then you win the round. Right. And that repeats, like uh, like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. Those are better examples yeah. of the genre. Exactly. Yeah, and like I mentioned, this this ge- this genre was really big in those days. So there were tons of these fighting games coming out. So, yeah, really riding the hype of this type of game. So how is this game different then? I mean, people quite like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, but people don't like this game. So <laughs> what's what's up with that? Well, there's, there's two sides to this, I, I think, actually. I mean, there's on, on the one hand, there's the intended game that, you know, the, 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 the developers envisioned. And then there's the reality of how it all ended up so so what did they want it it to be do you think i mean surely they didn't want to make a bad game so well another hype they were definitely they were they were aiming to be better than street fighter 2 was what they were saying at the time Mm -hmm. oh it's supposed to be the -the state-of-the-art fighting game there's even it's even going to take over the arcades because they had an arcade version in development as well that never got a full release Hmm. because of how badly the PC version was well, received. Or, well, presumably. Yeah. But what did they set out to do? What What did they... How did they try to be a better game than, for example, Street Fighter? It's mainly the graphics, isn't it? Hmm. So, yeah, it does look very good. I mean, it does. Even, mean, even today, it looks. it does look quite nice. Yeah. If, if I'm honest, I like the... Um the sprite art of the uh, Street Fighter games, of the early Street Fighter games, a lot more than the pre-rendered art of this game. Mm. So I, yeah. I, maybe back in the day, you know, we've, we've talked about that a few times. Uh, 3D was all the rage and pre-rendered 3D is almost like 3D. So yeah, I don't know. And there were other examples of pre-rendered 3D games that look really, really great, like uh, Donkey Kong Country, for example. And yeah, just in this case, it looks great, but... Still not as good as other fighting games from of the time. Yeah, it's not very detailed. I think that's maybe it. But it it does look cool. I mean, it's there's a whole bunch of different robots, and they all have their own distinct look. And they, yeah, I don't know. It kind of works. And outside of the game, there's also these cutscenes in between, right? They don't look bad either, especially for the for the time. Yeah, especially they're a bit odd that they don't actually stream, do they? It loads the whole thing, then plays 
a clip and you get a load of text while it loads the next one. It's yeah, it's a bit less obvious, but there's like massive pause when he did it on hardware at the time. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, it 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 does look kind of impressive. So that's that's cool. And then, uh, yeah, they try to have this adapting artificial intelligence to to make it fun to play. I suppose that was the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, so so there was some kind of plan, but it obviously failed to actually work. So why why doesn't it work? Um, well, where did we start? <laughs> Ob- obvi- obvious things first. You can't jump over your opponent because I gather it took them like two months to render each robot or something. Yeah. So presumably if it would have taken them four months or something, if they'd have to do it both sides, I don't know, but it's... You literally can't. So if you jump, try to jump over your opponent, you just sort of hit a wall in midair and sort of bounce back. <laughs> right. So do you think this has to do with how long it took them to to draw these images, and then they didn't want to redo it all? It's, it's odd, isn't it? I'm not. I really don't know. Hmm. It also seems to me that the arena is really small. I mean, the robots are quite large, and then the um, the fighting zone is is only one screen, and it doesn't scroll. So. Yeah. There's barely any room. Yeah, really... the, ro- the enemy robots have this massive reach on them that it's quite hard to get near to them, even on these little screens at times. Yeah, that's. I feel that's that's actually the real problem, isn't it? I mean, the, the reach of the enemy is much larger th- than your own reach. So they can attack you while you can't attack them, which doesn't lead to very good fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly unfair. It's, yeah, it's the bottom line. Hmm. Um, what else? There's only one fire button. That's kind of a bit of a flaw in the fighting game, you might argue. Yeah, because I remember Mortal Kombat, for example, had a, having loads of buttons for different kicks and different punches and combinations of all the buttons for different things. But this game only has a few buttons. So. Well, yeah, it's literally the one fire button. and It's got it's an odd mechanic, so it tries to compensate by having you hold it down to get more power, mm-hmm. which, if you're trying to really sort of react quickly in a fighting game, it's kind of the opposite of what you want. Yeah, because every time you, you perform a, a hit, uh, your energy depletes, and then you have to wait for it to build again to have yeah. real impact. So you can't you can't do repeated hits really. Yeah, that's that's so you, I mean you can kind of build it up while you're blocking, but that's hmm. well, that's got its problems as well. <laughs> so unless unless you're on the hardest mode, then you're taking damage while you're blocking and getting pushed back all the time by the enemy. Yeah. That's to me that almost feels like a bug. I don't know if you encountered this as well, Florian. Did you notice that if you increase the difficulty, then your block becomes more effective? Uh, no, I didn't, because I never tried the second difficulty <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, th- the thing is, there's these different difficulty modes. And at the default one, uh, you just take a bit of damage when you block, right? And you, So you block and then you get, you get hit and you just take a little bit yeah. of damage, less than, than normally without the block. But if you increase the difficulty, then your block becomes more more effective. So when you hit, if you put it to the highest difficulty and you do a block, it's it's a perfect block. Nothing happens. You don't take any damage at all. So this makes the hardest difficulty mode actually easier than any of the other modes because 
well, then you can do a perfect block. So Yeah, I didn't even notice the difficulty changing anything else. I don't know about you. No, that's a good point. I don't know what else it changes. Maybe how fast the enemy moves or how fast they perform attacks. I'm not sure. Maybe how much damage they do or something. Yeah, I didn't know. I honestly didn't notice a difference other than that. No. No, but the block is is quite... Well, that's a difference you do notice. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the result of this... (laughs) What's the result of this? Well, it's the only way to beat the game, I think, is whack it up on hard difficulty and block your way through every every match. Exactly. And, well, that's not a very fun way to play a fighting game, is it? Well, it gets it over with quickly, so it's probably the best way in this case. But Yeah. So really, the way to beat this game is to try to get one punch in and then just block, block the entire match. Yeah, see, so... Change the time to lowest it'll allow you on the menu, yeah. Yeah. Get a hit in and then block. Yeah. Yeah. So Good method. <laughs> well, that's terrible, actually, but it does... Sounds like fun. <laughs> no, that's the thing. This game is not fun at all. Well, if you, if you actually try and play it, I could, I could beat the first two, but after that... Yeah. Yeah, you need this weird turtling technique to, to get really any further. Yeah. Another problem, I feel, is the fact that there's only one character you can choose to play or you you can't choose there's there's just the one yeah that's that's linked with the story i guess yeah hmm so there's a story uh yes they they made up quite the background story i don't know if it's a great story but there's a story okay what do, what do you know about the story i i don't really know anything about this well uh i i i had to read a summary on wikipedia but apparently the story goes like this uh we are a few years in the future and uh, there's a huge mega corporation called electrocorp which is the leading manufacturer of automation and robotics devices as uh, human humanity requires them but the company is so big that it's hard to run the operations efficiently so uh, they they have the great idea to install a nanobot based ai to run all the operations which seems to work great Wow. But then a, a big virus, the most uh, dangerous virus uh, of all time, infects the AI, oh, no. uh, which makes it become self-aware and take over control of all the robots in the big robot plant, mm. which then uh, set out to kill all the humans there and don't stop anywhere. They, they kill all the humans up to the um, executive board and... Right. The only uh, chance and the only hope left is the only robot there that doesn't have an electronic brain but a human brain. Oh, and that's that's the that's the player uh, character. Right. So this also explains why why there's only the one character. Right. Mm. So and apparently the brain of this one robot was cloned from the. Uh, corporation's ceo and that's why he wants to fight the um <laughs> that's why he wants to fight the uh, other robots in revenge because everyone knows that that ceos make the best fighters of course <laughs> <laughs> hey they they they, they get it they, they did get into that position somehow right exactly yeah exactly so it's like a combination of um terminator and robocop <laughs> yes <laughs> it's yeah exactly well, that's very original writing. <laughs> I, I think actually, the, isn't the the final boss? Isn't that uh, a f- female shaped uh, robot made up of nanobots? That's basically yeah. like in is it Terminator Two? Yeah, it's, hmm. it's out, yeah, it's that copied it. Let's face it. <laughs> well, perfect. Ah, I guess for a video game, this is not 
actually a bad story. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, for, for, for a video game of the time, yeah. it's, it's actually quite elaborate. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But, um, well, I wonder what they think of this because, I mean, they wrote this story which explains why there's only one character to play. But <laughs> does this make a, a good fighting game if you can't choose your fighter? I mean, the the obvious answer would be no. I mean, uh, a mm. distinct feature of all the other fighting games is that you can pick your fighter, which f- suits your style. And, well, each one has different special moves and different things they can do. And there's none of that in this game. So Right. Well, yeah, it doesn't make for a great two-player, does it, given how much more powerful the other robots are? Yeah. It's, eh. I wonder what they're, they were thinking with this. There is a cheat. You can you can type in a load of keys at the main menu and get to play the sentry against the sentry, I think. Okay. Or maybe military. One, one of those two. Right. But, but he, actually had, he, took, he had to actually look up a cheat code on the web to do even that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can, we can list the, the different opponents quickly because there's only six of them, are there? Which I is mean, also quite a small number for a fighting game. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, these six enemies, that's the whole of the single-player campaign. Isn't that right, Richard? Yeah, that's it. You have to go through all of them twice, except for the supervisor at the end. Oh, really? Yeah, so it just literally just loops. Now it's no more difficult. It's all exactly the same. We just have to do it twice. Uh, And do you have to uh, beat the, the first one twice and then move on to the other one, or...? Do you go through them all and then through them all again? Yeah, that's right. So you're going through through the whole lot twice in a row. Right. That's honestly... Yeah, it's it's padding (laughs) it out, isn't it? It's bizarre. (laughs) So uh, the first one is called Loader, which is... uh, It has forklifts for arms, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's massive, but it's not very bright or strong, so... Can we say anything about this one? Well, um, I certainly can't. <laughs> it's yellow. It's yellow, yeah. It's like a forklift truck that's walking around, basically, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the first one. And then the second one is called uh, Builder, which uh, it's a blue, well, I'm going to say gorilla. Is that is that right? Yeah. It's like a big ape. Yes. So this is where they start getting, I mean, this reach on this one's ludicrous, if you... Exactly. And not to mention the amount of damage. Yeah. I think this one is also featured on the box art, maybe? or Well, actually, no. The, your own character's on the box. But I don't know. I feel I've seen this one before. Yeah. I think it might have been in a lot of the advertising that, in the sort of build-up. Yeah. Yeah. He has crazy long arms. And he can, well, he can reach you almost from halfway across the level. Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck with that. And then the next one is called uh, Crusher, which is uh, an insect-like... Yeah, he's green. He has got really long legs. Yeah, massive pincers. Yeah. And he has he has something on his back. Uh, what's that? It's some kind of... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, he's got these, like, claw-like things on his back. Or, or, or are those his arms, maybe? Well, I'll dig out the manual. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a bold backstory for oh. every one of these robots, but no use, nothing useful. Oh, that might be interesting, actually. So, what's the backstory of the of the Crusher one? Okay, here we go. I'll read it out if you want. So, it's 
the Crusher droids were introduced into the Electrocorp production halls when a series of builder-class droids developed autonomous routines Hmm. and destroyed an entire production line. When not required to act as production line bouncers, in quotes, Crusher droids are used for entering hazardous areas on the production lines to free jammed machinery. Right. There you go. That's half of it, anyway. (laughs) I I was just thinking, when you're reading this, it seems like... They they thought quite a lot about all all this, but they they haven't really tested a lot of what they were making. That's that's how it comes across. Like they were all just writing things down and then just well, just putting the first iteration of everything into the game, and that's it. <laughs> that's how it feels. Like they didn't actually do a lot of. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not like plot's a strong point, is it? For I mean, if you Mortal no. Kombat or Street Fighter. No, no, definitely. So I think we'd, we'd, I mean, we'd forgive it the story if, if the game was a bit better. Mm, definitely, yeah, definitely. So um, the next one is called Military, which is uh, well, he he looks a bit human-like actually. He's like a, a skeleton or something. Does he have a backstory as well in the manual? <laughs> All right. Go on, I'll have a look. Here it is. Designed specifically for combat and security. Electrocorp's genuine combat-class robot rapidly become the standard machine in all the planet's military organizations. Right. So he's a soldier. Well, I suppose he's called military, so... Yeah, giveaway. Yeah. And then the the last one of the normal enemies is called Sentry, which, which you already mentioned you can play using the cheat, which is this red, bright red... Um, yeah, what is it? I think it's sort of Japanese-inspired, I think, this one. Yeah, he looks like a Transformer, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Like one of those Decepticons. Basically just a red, um, what's he called? Starscream. What's what's his story? <laughs> yeah, this is about a civil paragraphs. I'm definitely not reading a lot of this. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just an executive summary. <laughs> but further development of the technology used in the exterminator droids construction, I presume that means the, one, the last one, the military one. Right. Up until the RISE mission has been a pure research model employing prototype systems and the test for future incorporation into a new generation of combat robots. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big red one. Yeah. You don't, we don't, you don't need me to read all that. No. So, yeah, that's, that's, the, um, that's all the normal ones that you have to go through twice. And then at the end, there's the supervisor, which was already mentioned, is made out of these nanobots. Very Terminator 2-like. Yeah, well, yeah, it says nanobots. It looks like liquid metal out of Terminator 2, to yeah. all intents and purposes. It's yeah, it's pretty cool looking. So it morphs into all these different shapes while you're fighting it. Right. It's like got a particularly uh, nasty move where it sort of just morphs into a puddle and stays there and it regenerates. Ooh. So if it, it sort of ruins your strategy if it does that at the wrong time when you're trying to just sort of block your way to victory. Hmm. It also has uh, knives for arms, I think. Yeah. It's all very, very Terminator 2-like. Yeah, definitely. So those are the the opponents. You can't actually pick any of them yourself. You're always this blue human-like robot, I would say. Yeah, a cyborg. Yeah. There's also, apart from the single-player campaign, there's also a, a two-player versus mode, right? Yeah, which is, like I said, default. You, I mean, you play, anyone can play your opponent. One person always has to be the cyborg unless you do this cheat, and the other one can be anything except the supervisor. Right. So it's basically the same 
sort of fights as happen in the single player, except they're controlled both by humans. One having a massive advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you might as well not bother. Oh, unless you... That's terrible. Yeah, I think the unfairness is maybe the biggest problem with this game, which just makes it, well, not fun. What else? What else is there to say? Because the game is also not even that long. I mean, it's just these six, uh, five enemies and a, and a and a boss. So there's not really more to it than this, is there? Yeah, no, not a lot. I mean, you get little cutscenes introducing the robots as long as you're on the CD version, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I was well. The one I've got here was the floppy version, so I was missing off. All, all the intro was just throughout three static scenes, so I missed most. I missed the best part, I think. There. Oh, it was only showing one one image of the cutscenes, I think. Yeah, well, so some of them were in film, but right. Okay, and did you did you play it on DOS, by the way, or did you have the Amiga version? No, I was playing it on DOS. Uh... Okay. I tried. I haven't actually ever tried the Amiga one. I tried. I tried the three D O one out of curiosity. Hmm. Which actually, it actually plays a bit better. It's got a lot, lot of the. It's a little bit more balanced. Okay. In the fighting, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's good. Don't get. Don't get the wrong impression. <laughs> it's. It's got a lot more Brian May soundtrack in as well. So, oh, really? If you want a bit of that, you're probably better off just buying the album. But <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we can talk a little bit about the the background uh, of of how well who worked on this game and what happened. I think I think you looked up some things for this, Florian. Yeah, I, I did a, a tiny amount of research. So um, apparently the lead developer of the game was Sean Griffiths, who was formerly a Bitmap Brothers uh, employee. Hmm. Um, so uh, coming from a, from a very well, well-known and renowned company, uh, apparently he worked on Cadaver and Magic Pocket, at least. That were the ones that I could find real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe more, but I don't know about those. So uh, he was the lead developer, and uh, yeah, th- th- I wonder a bit how someone with such a background can produce such a game, really. Yeah. But it uh, was probably not entirely in his hands, I guess. Mm. Mm. Then uh, Richard already mentioned Brian May, who is, uh, of course, the uh, guitarist from, from Queen. Yeah, that's so a they, bizarre name to see yeah. on the credits. But... Really. Uh, so apparently he, he recorded the full soundtrack, but then there was some kind of, of uh, disapproval from his record company. And in the end, they only used a single guitar track in the in the entire game. Ah. Uh, and is there is there more music added, like di- other music? Did they have other music in instead? Uh, or did they just use the one guitar track? <laughs> no, apparently they added more music from um, Richard Joseph. Um, who was also an Bitmap Brothers employee and also worked for a Sensible Software. Ah. Um, those are the guys who made con- Cannon Fodder and other oh, yeah. popular games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, those are actually quite good games. Yeah, yeah that, that, those are really, really huge names also on the credits here. Yeah, he's done some good music. I can't think of any other soundtracks in the DOS version, if I'm honest. Hmm. Just sort of ambient effects. Well, well, maybe it wasn't even used in a DOS version. I don't know. I didn't play it for long enough to actually know. <laughs> <laughs> the three D one, actually, you had a selection of soundtracks when you started. So you had like the Brian May one. You could press some other button, and you got like a techno soundtrack. Hmm. So I'm guessing maybe maybe you wrote that one. Yeah, I don't know. It it was quite actually. It wasn't the smallest of teams. I'm looking at the. Uh, Moby Games credits page now and we've definitely covered a lot of games that were made by less people than this one right I mean there's uh, 
you mentioned Sean Griffiths, who was the, the the lead programmer, but there's other other programmers as well. And there's yeah, I think it was five programmers, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and there's people doing set design and people doing character design and people doing music coordination and there's all there's a whole bunch of people here. I think yeah, I think most of those others probably didn't try and release on so many platforms at the same time. The, that might be what went wrong with this. I think I think it started out just it was led on the Amiga. I think yeah. and they, were gonna, they were planning on like a souped-up DOS version as well. Yeah. Then I think this. So I think Time Warner maybe came in with some funding, or the, and mm-hmm. and they decided to sort of do simultaneous releases on like everything at the same time. So the date just kept getting pushed back and back as they worked on this. Yeah, that does sound plausible. Yeah. Because eventually it was released, well, you already mentioned, it was primarily the, the Amiga, uh, and there was obviously also a, a DOS release. But it was also released for the 3DO. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that one, you, you playing that one. But also on the Super Nintendo and um, Sega Genesis, the Mega Drive. Yeah. Also, bizarrely, there was a CDI version. That's the Philips CDI, weirdest console in history with the ball control i think yeah i don't know if you ever yeah i've got i've got one but wow it's i wonder if we could blame the cdi i want if you had to accommodate the cdi i wonder if that's what went wrong with all these other versions if they sort of have to cater to the worst machine yeah (laughs) possibly possibly but they even also released it on uh the game gear yeah yeah that's that's the weirdest platform of all of those it's yeah the least powerful and mm-hmm. like like an entire different generation than the other stuff they released it on yeah and it's all, and it's also the only um console of that generation that they made it for so yeah it's not for the game boy or yeah nothing like it just the game gear and it was all it was all released at the same time so yeah, 1994 is when all of these versions came out all at once. So, yeah, no. this is not a good idea, is it? No, uh, obviously not. Obviously maybe. not. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, five-man team doesn't sound like that much, to be honest. Not when you got all of them to be going on with. Yeah, maybe it was just too much uh, handling all these different versions, quite possibly. Yeah, I think they probably were running out just under pressure to release anything after delaying for so long. Right. And... um Time Warner was uh, the, eventually the publisher of this game. They're, I mean, they're quite a big name, but they're not that big a name in games. They're more of a, a television and film company, aren't they? Mm. So what's up with that? Why? I'm, I'm looking at Moby Games now, and the games Time Warner has published, it, it, it's, they only published games during a three-year period starting in 1994 and ending in 1997. And they only published a total of maybe 10 games. Right. So, and two of those are Rise of the Robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just checked um, the Moby Games page, and apparently the, um, the console releases were all not published by Time Warner for some reason, but by Acclaim. Oh. At least that's what Moby Games says. Okay. That's interesting. And the claim, of of course, was responsible for Mortal Kombat as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, were they? I, I, so, I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe that's that's why. Yeah, well, it wasn't threatening their Mortal Kombat uh, IP, that's for sure. Yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's what happened. Now, we did mention that the graphics look quite uh, good. So, I mean, that's 
at least something. Yeah, it's this pre-rendered look. What does that? So, what does that does that mean actually? I mean, it. I, I guess it means it's 3D. They made it as 3D, but it isn't actually rendered in 3D in the game, right? No, I I read they um they modeled all the stuff in the 3D program and then rendered it out in high quality and used the frames of the animation that they exported as uh, sprites in the game. Yeah. Uh, apparently that that took really a really long time um apparently uh, according to wikipedia at least um rendering each of the characters took at least two months so that's crazy i, I don't know if they should have used more computers or <laughs> <laughs> but something clearly went wrong there yeah and i guess this also makes it hard to to iterate on your design i mean you can't really do one version and then tweak a few things and then do another version because yeah for every export you have to wait two months so this doesn't help the the process, I suppose. No, certainly not. Who uh, who added the line about the angled view? Because that was well, I, I did, but okay. that's also just because I read about it. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently, the robots are not uh, an entire side view, but they are a bit angled towards the the player. Yeah. And uh, in some interview, they said that that was so that, that the player could see the whole robot and not only the side. Right. So this is a really interesting perspective that doesn't actually Make sense. exist yeah. in reality. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you look at the at screenshots of the game or if you play it, it actually looks a bit strange. It's, it, it looks good, but it's it's a bit off somehow. Yeah. Oh, well. I think the most notable thing about the sound to mention is the fact that, that Brian May worked on it, right? I or mean, that's <laughs> just... Tried to work on it. Yeah. Really bizarre. Yeah, well, yeah. There's about yeah. 15 seconds of his guitar in the intro, isn't there? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> which does sound good. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, yeah. He can he can handle a bit of guitar playing. Yeah. But, uh, but otherwise, I mean, the sound isn't that notable, at least not to me. I mean, it's just all it's all digital sound effects. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just sounds. Yeah, it sounds like, okay. It sounds all right, but it's. It's nothing special, really, so I don't know. We mentioned that it's released on on tons of platforms, um, even though actually sales weren't doing that well, were they? I thought thought it did all right, to be honest. I think think it was like one of those films where the reviewers don't get to see it before it comes out. I think they sort of rushed it out and got a load of quick sales before everyone found out about it. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, with the hyped reviews and everything, I, I guess people were just yeah really yeah wanted to go to the shops and get this game. So interestingly, though, um, when um, Mirage went bankrupt, they they said that bad sales of uh, Rise of the Robots were partly to blame. Well, they did they did make the sequel before they went bust. Uh, yeah, probably this probably the sequel. Right, uh, they they did quite a few more games, but uh, in the end, that's that's what I read that. Uh, bad sales on those two games, on Rise of the Robots and the sequel, were responsible for bringing the company down. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's it's interesting to talk a little bit about the sequel, maybe, because I think the sequel is actually a better game, isn't it? Yes, it's, 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 a, it's a proper fighting game for a start. I mean, you've got, you've got your six buttons, you, you can play whoever you like, there's a much, much larger cast of robots. Right. So there's, I don't know, there's... There's at least three or four times as many robots, including some hidden characters and things like that. Yeah. And you can play them all. Yeah, yeah. And you can jump over each other as well. (laughs) 
So massive improvements right there. So I wouldn't. I mean, I'm I'm not a fighting game connoisseur, so I'm not necessarily someone to judge one of these. But it's 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 at least at worst it's average. So mm. it didn't. It doesn't exactly strike me as up to Street Fighter level, shall we say? A lot of the a lot of the moves are quite hard to pull off. It's quite picky about how fast you can do your special moves. So if you're trying to do like your half circles and things like that, if you're too quick, it doesn't register. Mm-hmm. So it's not not ideal when you. I mean, you want everything to be fast in a fighter, really. Yeah, but still, a massive improvement over over the first game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like maybe if if the sequel had been the first game, then things might have turned out all right for them. Yeah. Though. What I what I also mean by that is that because of the the first game because it was so bad and because it was also received so 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 bad that i don't think the sequel really got a chance because obviously no one was was going to buy the sequel to a game that was so terrible to begin with yeah i think yeah, i think you're right i think a lot of those magazines sort of compensated for their earlier reviews as well yeah so i guess because of the of the poor reception of the first game then well that they should have ended the um, the series maybe and just focus on other things. But yeah, I think I think they got, well. What I heard was that they sold enough of the first one to actually justify the sequel. Yeah. So perhaps they weren't weren't listening to all the feedback. I don't know. Mm. So so what did people say? I mean, there were lots of reviews of this game. <laughs> yeah, I want to quote um, the worst review that I could find on uh, on movie games. Okay. Um, the, the conclusion of this author is um, for five percent rating. <laughs> what? Um, Sorry, what? Five percent, <laughs> uh, and he says, "Rise of the Robots is terrible." I am not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's that's the most appropriate uh, conclusion that you can draw from this game. Yeah. yeah. There, there were also very different reviews that we, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Richard, you you posted some screen, uh, some some scans of of. Um, UK magazines and they were quite different. Hmm. Well, some of them, some of them are positive. What I noticed was the earlier the, the reviews were, the more positive they were. So the <laughs> ones that came out right at the time the game did just happened to be good. The ones that were getting exclusives or whatever, and the ones that actually played it a month or two down the line gave it <laughs> rather different scores, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm looking at my PC zone one here. Conclusion, gorgeous looking graphics with surprisingly decent gameplay. Really now? <laughs> For some definition of decent. If, if you really want a good beat 'em up and haven't got a console, this is the Mutt's nuts. There you go. <sighs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not on. How how does this happen though? I mean, d- maybe these people were invited over to their offices or something and then drugged. Yeah, (laughs) I mean you can't you can't play this game and then write there is good gameplay on this. I mean that's just weird. Yeah, Uh, it's it's very strange. No, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the PC format a couple of months later. It was more a bit more accurate. No much, no matter how much decoration, window trimming, filler and fluff, time worn, the lavishes on rise. The fact remains that you simply can't polish a pile of tripe. Ooh, that's quite different, yeah. <laughs> um, and I also think this was reflected in their final verdict, wasn't it? Yeah, 35%. It's, Oof. Well, yeah. I think that's firm but fair. That's what I say. 
Yeah, d definitely. Well, but well, I, I guess if if you um, if you take the graphics into consideration, then thirty five is probably a fair rating. Well, while five percent um, that the what was it uh, Amiga Power gave the game is maybe a bit unfair. Yeah, just because of of the graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard they make a versions worse though. So. Um, there's also this one from scanned in by you. I think it's called. Uh, well, I'm not sure actually from which magazine this is. It says CD-ROM today at the bottom. Yeah, that's that's a magazine, right? And they gave it one and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like a what thirty percent? Yeah, same. Yeah. So yeah, I I guess you're right. The the first the the reviews were all just hyped up, going along with whatever came out of the developers' offices. But then, as people actually started playing it on their own systems, they realized, well, this is actually not very good at all. Mm -hmm. And it's also mostly when I'm reading the CD-ROM today one, for example, it's mostly just complaining about how unfair it is. And how you don't stand a chance against any of the enemies. So yeah. seriously flawed is their final verdict. <laughs> so what do we make of this? It's just a terrible game, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's actually one of the worst games I've ever tried. And I played lots of Game Jam games. So <laughs> Yeah, I knew I knew this game was, was bad. Uh, or at least I knew people thought this game was bad. But I, I wondered if it really was that terrible. I thought, well, maybe people are exaggerating and... You know, it can't be that terrible. And actually, I thought if you go in with low expectations, then maybe it's not so bad. But it, it totally it was. Totally is, I yes. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's funny. I, I played it back then and I was thinking the same thing going back to it. It can't be as bad as I remember. Yeah. And then it was. It was worse. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was worse. Yeah. So um, I guess the only reason anyone would want to get this game is just if you're a collector, maybe. Yeah. So you can get it on eBay, but you can get it quite cheap, as as Richard already mentioned. Yeah, the, the, in in Europe you can get the CD version for like ten ten euros. Yeah. And uh, the floppy version is a bit more expensive, but yeah, that's that's very cheap for a, for a big box on eBay. Mm. Yeah, it's not available on any of the uh, like Steam or GOG or any of the modern platforms. I really wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't think it will be available ever. So, yeah. But I, I guess if you if you want to know, uh, or sometimes you, you want to play stuff like that out of curiosity. Yeah, exactly. To see if it's really as bad as we say now. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a reason to try it. But Definitely. Yeah, I, I, unless you're a collector, don't buy it. Yeah, that's about right. And even if you're a collector, you will probably put it in your shelf and never touch it again. <laughs> yeah. I don't really... I mean, it's a bad game, and it's it's a shame. But I don't I don't think it's uh, I don't have uh, what's the word? I mean, I think it's all right for for us in the club to to look at a variety of games. I mean, we shouldn't just be focusing on the games we like per se. So yeah, oh yeah. Actually, I think this was one of the most interesting episodes we made so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, well. So yeah, I have no regrets uh, for 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 choosing this game. For the month, well, yeah, didn't it's uh, it didn't take a lot of time to try it. No, and it's it's of some interest. I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see yeah. what yeah what they're actually like now. So uh, yeah, it's all right. But I I do look forward to moving on to more enjoyable games. I must say, yes. So <laughs> totally, yeah. 
You, usually at that at this point we asked, did the game hold up? Yeah, I was looking at that, and I yeah, <laughs> well. I mean we know we know it doesn't. So the question is, hold hold up to what? So. <laughs> well, it's, it's as good now as it was then. I'll say that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, maybe maybe now from 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 today's perspective, maybe we can like it from a so bad it's good uh, perspective. I don't know. No. It's, but it's really not. That's the problem. It's just not fun to play. No. So then nothing else matters. There's really just nothing to get from this game. A apart from that it does look good. So, yeah. A shame. Brian may uh, put in all this effort for nothing. Yep. That's the real shame. <laughs> First he, he makes all this music, then it doesn't get used in the game, and then the game is crap. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think they, they, they used the music in the um, director's cut or something. Mm. I really wonder why they even made a director's cut, but that's a different story. Yeah. I, th I think the director's cut's the exact same game is what I've heard. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it had a second CD with some like making of videos and I think, I think, I think there was <laughs> oh. some terrible novel or something, I'm not, which I'll never read. But okay. Or did, did they use it in the, um, in the sequel then? I, I read they used his music somewhere. Yeah, there, there was there was some definitely some Brian May in the sequel. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the same mm. soundtrack, but oh, maybe that's yeah. that's what I was right. thinking about. Yeah. Oh well. So, uh, is there any anything more to say about about Rise of the Robots? I don't think so. Or no, uh, let's yeah, let's just wrap it up. Never again. And never <laughs> never <laughs> touch this game again. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's Rise of the Robots. Um, so while editing this episode, we got a message from DOS Game Club member Adam, a pseudo C on the forums. He had been listening to the episode on Blood we did a little while back, and he was wondering whatever happened to his voice message that he had sent us. So uh, yeah, it turns out it went to our spam box, and we never noticed it at the time. Um, but of course, we're thrilled that, that we're getting these voice messages. So we've gone back and added it to the page where the blood uh, episode was posted. So you can listen to it there. But I thought it might also be nice just to include it in this one. So I'm going to play it now. And well, thanks a lot, Adam, for sending it. And I'm very sorry we didn't include it in the blood episode. Hello there, DOS Game Club. This is Adam, pseudo-C on the forums, calling to talk about this month's game, Blood. By all accounts, this should be my favorite game ever created. Uh, the fact that the second secret in the game is a reference to The Crow, a film I literally watched every single day in high school while doing homework, just cements that this should be the greatest thing I've ever played. I love how difficult the enemies are, the fact that every encounter is lethal, the sheer amount of insanity, the weapons that aren't just basic hit scan or projectile weapons. You have to learn arcs of dynamite throws and all of these wonderful things. I should absolutely love this game. And yet, <sighs> I got through all six episodes of the first Blood. That'd be the first four commercial and then Cryptic Passage and Postmortem, the two expansion packs that came along with the GOG version. And by the time I beat this game, the one thing I felt was absolute relief. I was done. I never have to play Blood again. So rarely do I ever feel this way about a game, even incredibly difficult games. I usually feel a sense of 
joy, of elation that I beat it, that I bested it. I felt that my experience with blood was just save scumming over and over and over again. I felt that no matter how powerful I got, I was one cheap corner away from being just decimated, destroyed. Nothing could happen. To put that into perspective, my favorite first-person shooter of all time has always been and will always be Doom. Uh, You can throw Doom 2 in there as well as they're in essence the same game. When you play Doom... You start off pretty weak. You just have your pistol and your fists, but you quickly gain a shotgun and other weapons. So in the very, very beginning, it is a little difficult, and you do have to play a little cautious. But when you get through Doom and you get some better weapons, there's always just enough ammo. There's always just enough weaponry around that as long as you keep moving, as long as you stay mobile, as long as you're not making big mistakes, you will see the end of that game. You will make it through. So what I'm trying to say is that your balance of power is you're just slightly more powerful than everything on the map, but one mistake could end you. And it happens to me multiple times, no matter how many times I play that game. With blood, you never have that power. With blood, you are always grossly underpowered. No matter how much ammo you have, no matter how many weapons you have, no matter how sure you are of what weapon works best against which enemy, you are one cheap corner away from turning into three cultists with shotguns who take your 200 life and 100% ammo and turn it to nothing. You're one step away from one of those Cerberus dogs lighting you on fire and it taking over 150 health away from you because you happen to stand in the stream for a second too long. You're so close to those stupid hands that grab onto your neck and you have to smash the use button to try to get rid of them. I just didn't feel like blood gave me the enjoyable experience I'm looking for for a shooter. I understand why people call it a masterclass in shooters. I understand why people love this game. But for me, it's uninstalled. And as far as I'm concerned, it is never getting installed on my computer again. And with that, I say goodbye. I want to say thank you for picking this game. If you all hadn't chose to do this for the club, I don't think I would have ever gotten through it and experienced the entire game. I hope you all have a wonderful next month. I hope to be a little bit more involved in the future, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Ah, that was great. Thanks a lot, Adam. It really means a lot to us to get these messages. And also hugely impressive you managed to beat the whole game. Jeez, that's that's quite something. Um, I do hope you you are involved with us in the future. Uh, Maybe... We'll see you around on the forums or you'll send more uh, voice messages, which you can send to club at dosgameclub.com and we'll watch our spam box more closely from now on. Um, And maybe you would also like to be on an episode. Uh, Anyone can be on an episode. It's open to all members. And uh, if you are active on the forums, then yeah, we might invite you or you can just send us an email and, and... ask to be on so uh yeah looking forward to that thanks a lot and uh well now back to the show what else is going on well in in the club um at the moment we are playing uh, knights of the sky which is quite a bit better game Hmm, um, though at, by the time this episode comes out, we probably stopped playing that already and went on to July's game huh. which will be theme hospital yeah, now that's a classic, isn't it? That's a real classic. And uh, I hope it will be as good as I remember it. Um, you already said you you 
played it a while ago and it wasn't as good as you thought or as you remembered. But we will well, see how that turns out. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about it. I mean, it's definitely a classic game, and uh, I think it is enjoyable for the first few hours. I mean, there's a there's a lots of funny and weird stuff in there that's really to like. So I just well we'll talk about this more. But I just wish there yep. was something more to do after you've played for a for a few hours. But yeah, honestly, this game is great. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a comedy hospital simulator so a great premise really yep yeah looking forward to that um and then in august uh we'll play another classic won't we yeah totally um actually a game that that many people today say is one of their absolute favorites so i'm really looking forward to that i have no idea how it will be uh in the last episode someone said we should play this one i forgot who it was but um probably doesn't matter that much anymore i think it was the voice <laughs> message we got was it the voice message so uh what was his name nick yeah wasn't this Nick, I Ricky, I don't remember. Uh, Zach, I don't know, something, something <laughs> with a K in the end, I think. <laughs> Thanks for the voice message. Um, so the game uh, will be UFO Enemy Unknown. Yeah. Or XCOM UFO Defense in some regions, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big name. That's a really big name. And one of the, of the series that still go on today, I think, right? Definitely. So we, we'll look into the roots of that series in August. Should be, should be interesting. So that's uh, something uh, sure to look out so. for. Yeah. It's it's also the first real tactics game that we're going to play in the club, so hmm. another thing to look forward to. Yeah, we have played turn-based strategy games yeah, before, but, but not 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 real. Yeah, this kind. Hmm. Cool, very cool. Yeah, so yeah. looking forward to that. Absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, if you're into this this DOS gaming stuff, then uh, maybe you can check out our website over at dosgameclub.com where you can join our forums and talk about all the games we're playing. We also have a suggestion forum there. So if you have ideas for DOS games we can play, then you can post them over there. And that's actually what we use to uh, determine what game we should play next. So yeah, that's uh, that's a big help. Um, you can also chat with us over on IRC. We have a, a chat widget also on the website. Uh, you can also use a, an IRC client to connect to Afternet. Uh, the channel name is DOS Game Club. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, where we're also called DOS Game Club. And uh, finally, if you listen to this uh, in a podcasting app, then maybe you can leave a review, uh, and that really helps to you know get the word out to other people. And and we also really like to see what people think. So that's a big help. Uh, yeah, that's it, I guess. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, for. For being here yeah thank you thanks for hosting again that's no problem at all <laughs> so uh yeah thanks and and uh see you uh, in the in the next one yep see you next month bye 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 bye